0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show episode 57. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. We've got a very special episode today. Not only do we have my co-host Kendall McKee, but we also have a very special guest, Frankie Goodman from Digital Grading UK. We're going to talk all sorts of sports card strategy today. Um, we're going to do our typical show rundown, of course, with our, uh, L of the week, W of the week, buy and sell. And we're also going to talk world cup because world cup 2022 is finally here and, uh, Kendall's pumped and Frankie is actually missing kickoff of uk versus iran right now to be on the sports card strategy so so we really appreciate that but first gentlemen i have a burning burning question to get to and it is why vault your cards with the original marketplace because ebay vault isn't just a way to protect what you collect it's a new way to trade Kendall knows this, but not only have your cards never been safer thanks to our secure climate controlled facility, but you're also locking in real savings. You pay no sales tax when you ship to or transact within the vault and there are no storage fees for two years. Now, just imagine everything you can do with all that money and with the eBay vault seamless in-app experience, you can track, buy and sell your cards in real time from listing your cards in seconds with eBay Collection to tracking trends with eBay Price Guide managing your collection is more seamless than ever before the eBay Vault buy sell secure so the eBay Vault's awesome but what's also awesome is the fact that I was I was at the London Card Show a few weeks ago and I was walking by this awesome gentleman's booth and uh I saw that he has his own grading company, and I became extremely intrigued by this and um, really, really liked what, what he was doing from a business standpoint. And uh, he and my son, Max, were working on a little deal when I walked over to the booth. So Max and I kept asking questions, got to know Frankie Goodman really well, and uh, he knows his stuff, and we're really, really happy to have him on the show. So uh, Kendall, say hello to Frankie. Everybody say hello to Frankie. Frankie, thanks for coming on. Good to have you. Tell us a little bit about um, your grading company.
1: Yeah, so I guess it all started really from the lack of options that we've got available in the UK, and especially when PSA sort of shut down their submissions and um, that then made it even more difficult. So we just felt like we needed something more local to us, something that also maybe modernized grading a little bit because it just seemed like things had... Been the same for so long, and there'd been no progression, and and sort of you find that quite typically when a company has a monopoly over something, they can kind of almost get a little bit um, uh, not lazy, but but just take everything for granted, you know. And um, and I can fully understand why they take that stance because it is still the standard in terms of PSA, and you know fully appreciate that. But I think. One of the biggest pain points from our perspective is people were sometimes without their cards for a year, sometimes more than a year, when submitting to um, to the US through PSA. And a lot happens in that period of time. <laughs> you know, is um, you, you send a card away when things are, are, are hot and, and the card is worth grading and everything's great, and then you get it back, and that player may be injured or may not be, you know, hot property anymore. So you kind of miss miss the boat a little bit. So. I think we just needed something a little bit different and that caused me to start going out there and having a look into what grading companies were doing, how they were doing it and just trying to work out some of those pain points really and seeing if we could create something through our development agency and we we own a, a development house here in the UK and could we use technology to modernize grading a little bit and just bring it in into the modern times so that's how it all came around really and um i, I would say we're not still a hundred percent exactly where we want to be i think we've got some evolution still to go um but it, you know we, we kind of started off with a certain type of slab we've since improved on that we feel and and, and you know taken that to the next level so our slabs are now um very different to when we first started um our labels are very different to when we first started our online system looks completely different so it almost seems like every couple of months we get feedback we listen that's one of the real key aspects of of you know what we try and do is listen to feedback and actually take it on board um and try and find what people um are really wanting because especially there's a lot of new people entering the hobby now it's been a huge growth over here it's been massive Um, and as all those new people have started to enter there's differences of opinions and slightly different ways people would like to see things done so you know we've got to be a little bit careful that we don't be influenced too much and go off of what our main ethos is Um, but also we still feel it's very very important to listen to some of that feedback and there's one thing that is a real it's a massive question that the people who are involved with digital grading company can't absolutely confirm how they want to see this moving forward and also even the people we ask are still a little bit unsure themselves so i'll ask you two gentlemen later as well and um see what your opinion on it is so it'll be interesting to see what your feedback will be
0: yeah that um, sounds good we're we're excited to talk more about this because i was intrigued when i when i walked by your booth and and this is the naji harris uh, it's greater than 91. Um, this is a, a rookie luminance, I believe. No, yeah, uh, prism chronicles, uh, dynagon. So it's, a, it's an insert in chronicles, uh, dynagon. It's a prism insert, it's out of 75, and you can see the slab looks great. Um, it looks like the design of the label is. Sort of matching the card color, and then and there's a QR code on the front with a grade of 91 that we'll let you explain in a second. And then on the back is the is the information about the card. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had I had some hard hitting questions for you at your <laughs> booth um, because there's obviously like a lot of unfortunately there's a lot of drama around new grade new grading companies popping up. I personally think. Um, like I want to congratulate you for for making it this far because I think um, it's a huge endeavor to try to uh, undertake starting a new grading company. Um, kudos to you for for also doing it um, when there was a lot of opportunity with PSA shutting down and everything. I actually was thinking, you know, what a great what a great opportunity for companies to start you know start their own grading services right now while everything's so popular and. PSA you know has a backlog and and everything like that so um I was very very impressed with what I saw and I'll let I'll let you kind of so so I'll let you kind of answer for the audience like what does your grading scale look like and why did you decide to do it out of 100 and what does a 91 mean
1: yes so and this is one of the big pressing questions and it that it, it does follow on from what I just mentioned a second ago as to how we should display this scale that we think is really important and the reason why we think it's important to not just have a 10 point scale is that there are so many criteria in which a card is graded and at the moment we feel there's far too much leniency towards the non-perfect card and also the fact that you, there's too much interpretation involved that you can get a Monday grade where somebody's having a bit of a bad Monday you know, not feeling very in a good mood. I'm going to mark that down to a nine today. And then it, it also it could be a Friday grade and something could be a little bit of whitening or slight corner softening, or it could be the um, leniency towards the centering. And it could be, well, actually today I'm in a good mood. It's Friday. I'm looking forward to the weekend. We're going to give this a 10 today. So we didn't like the fact that there was that real flip-flop approach to nines and tens. Um, and we felt like, if you get some small whitening on a corner one i don't think it's fair that that's given a 10 because it's not a perfect card so if you're buying a perfect card off of and you're buying a psa 10 i would expect that card to be absolutely perfect yet something's been passed through to allow that to be a 10 because it's that in that realm of leniency um I don't feel that's right. I feel that a card, if it's going to be a perfect grade, i.e., what we grade a hundred, then that's great. But I also understand that to go down from a ten to a nine based on a tiny bit of whitening almost seems quite harsh. And at that point you think, yeah, I can I can understand. And then that's where you get into the argument stage. And I didn't want any arguments to be possible with what we were putting together. If there is a small bit of whitening, yes, the card should be downgraded because it's not a perfect card. However, it shouldn't drop all the way to a nine. So based on if we split our card scan, so we use high resolution DPI scanners um, to basically scan the card surface to pick up things that the human eye wouldn't necessarily pick up and then divide that card into a hundred grid every time there is an imperfection in one of those grids, we can then mark the card down by one. So mm. if it is a small piece of whitening on the edge surface or on the corner, then that card will drop down to a 99. You still then know it's a it's a really strong grade. It's a great grade. It's very close to perfect. However, in full transparency, it isn't perfect. And that's exactly how it should be. So that's why we felt like bringing in a hundred point scale was important. But, that's where we've probably had our biggest pushback from the hobby and that's that people find that total change in grading scale quite difficult so we started to toy around well maybe we could bring in a happy medium that it's not we don't display it as a 100 point scale a 99 would basically be a 9.9 mm-hmm. and people actually related to that far Better because that's almost in the, to the realms then of uh, Beckett kind of grading that you've got those subgrades, but it's not just a 0.5 subgrade; it is a, a true subgrade, i.e., that it, it goes all the way from you know 0.1 to 0.9. So um, yeah, that that's probably where we're having our biggest challenges on trying to make a decision on what the right approach would would be.
0: I like that a lot. Uh, it's hard to believe that like people would would struggle with a 91, but understand a 9.1, but I guess it does make sense because you really do need to sort of make, like everything in marketing, you need to make it as simple as possible and, and as seamless with what the audience is already used to, right? So that that actually does make a lot of sense and and I like that. Um, so I think uh, I wanna just let the audience know a little bit more real quick about um, your pricing and everything like that. So. Uh, Right now, is this correct? You can get um cards graded for uh eight eight ninety nine pounds like eight pounds ninety nine cents. I don't know how you say that in, in GBP. You can, you can Pence say that is card. what we are. We're pence. Yeah. Okay, there we go. So uh so it's it's basically what's that? That's about uh ten American dollars ish. So it will be cool. less.
1: It's, yeah, it's probably about, probably about $7 in the current exchange rate.
0: Okay. So that's pretty good. And then, um, it's a two week turnaround. Oh, so no, sorry. You're
1: that... right. It would be the other way around, wouldn't it? So it would be yeah, about, it'd 10. Be, sorry. It it'd would be, be about, it'd
0: 10. be a little bit more expensive. So yeah, it but it's still a good 10. price. And, um, and, uh, it's beating, you know, it's beating PSA, it's beating SGC, it's really beating everybody. And then you've got a two week turnaround time. So is that for, um, like an order of any size or um yeah i mean how are you guys doing right now
1: yeah i mean the beauty of how we grade and using the um high resolution scans and the ai technology is that it's so fast so when a card comes in we can turn the grade around normally under five minutes so it doesn't actually take that long we do then have QC after that so to make sure that everything's gone correctly we do also have a human element to the AI grading at the moment we feel that's important um, especially in the early stages to make sure that the AI grading's not missing anything or getting anything wrong we're not seeing any problems with it so far um, but we still feel that second step of human intervention is really important before the card is shipped out. So, um, but it's just so fast to grade. So we're very confident that even um, as things, you know, scale and even as we take more volume in, um, we can still match those turnaround times, no problem.
0: Sounds good. I'm taking all the grading company questions up front here and, and not letting Kendall talk yet, just because I know he's going to, as soon as he starts talking to you, you guys are going to talk, you're going to be talking about the World Cup <laughs> the entire time. So, Kendall, I promise I'll get to you here in a second. Um, it's all good. But uh, digitalgradingco.co.uk is where you can go. And, um, so Frankie, just like you talked a little bit about the audience, you know, in the UK for grading cards. So it sounds like a couple of different things are happening. One, there's more and more people in the UK that want to have cards graded. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I still think we haven't got into the habit enough yet of grading cards. I still feel like there's this real, whether it be a break or whether it be opening a product, it's a real normally quick sell or sort of PC, it's, if I have hit PC cards, I'm going to put them in a binder, that's fine, uh, and put them away into a, I mean, people love a mag in the UK. Mags are kind of like the, the, the thing that everybody wants their cards in. Um, and we don't really have that. But I feel that is because the amount of options that are available. We do have other grading companies in the UK, um, but they just don't seem to be hitting on the real needs for the, what people are looking for in the UK. We feel like those custom labels, there are other grading companies that produce custom labels and colour matching, but we haven't seen anyone who literally takes elements of the card And turn that into a label that is probably that actually takes longer than grading the card grading the card isn't the problem Um, to have a designer actually come in and select the right element of the card to take that would work in a label that actually takes a lot longer than the actual grading aspect of it so but we want to put the effort into that because we feel like as cards are becoming more pieces of art and not just this plain looking item um we feel like the label should match it shouldn't just be this plain label with a red board around it or however it wants to be we actually feel like you know the card deserves that bit of extra attention that if you want it on display it looks really nice looks really smart it should be something that you can put on your wall with pride not just stuck in a slab case and hidden away in the dark that, you know, we actually want people to display their prized possessions. Um, and if we're going to allow people to do that in the best way, then we feel like it, it it should look the part. So that's why we kind of improved our quality of slab to as high a level as we can, while still be able, able to have an affordability aspect of it. And we also wanted to have a price point where you could send in a card for grading with us there are a lot of grading services at the moment where it's kind of will tell you whether you might get a PSA 10 or not. Um, We wanted to price it to a point that actually you can get a card graded on the basis of, I don't know whether this will grade very well. I don't want to have to send it to PSA and end up paying a lot of money out for something that's going to come back a really low grade um, and while we absolutely understand we cannot guarantee whether you are going to get a PSA 10 or not even if your card gets a hundred grade with us it still gives you a really good idea um, and those cards that come back that are a lower grade at least they're in a really nice custom label displaced slab that you're happy to put on your wall or display in your home or wherever it may be in your office. Um, and those ones that do grade really high, you may even want to crack that slab and send it away to PSA. And we we totally understand that. You know, PSA is still going to be the money maker. Um, we are not going to be able to, at this point in time to be able to add the value that PSA adds. And we understand that. However, we would hope that with the hundred grades being a true perfect card, that in time, once we build that level of trust, a 100 grade through DGC may actually command a higher price than a PSA 10 but that's you No know, I'm, cool. I'm really
0: glad you brought that up because that's exactly where I wanted to go next I bought the I think at the time at least it maybe was um, the only 100 in the history of uh
1: so um, that was the only 100 we had with us on the day. We have had a few okay. prior, <laughs> okay. but it was the only one we actually had with us. But I think there's probably only been, in the 1,000 cards that we've graded, maybe six or seven. Okay. So
0: I got a Pedri Merlin Refractor Rookie, so nice. 2020, and uh, it's a 100. And it just looks, <laughs> you know, like I I even talked to Frankie about this at the show. I was like, you know, and he you have he it even, with you. Yeah, I do. It's. I'll, I'll grab it while you guys are talking, and then I'll bring it back because it's over here in the corner. It's actually packed up in bubble wrap because I'm about to move back to the States, as you guys know. So it's it's packed up in my uh, in my carry-on. But um, with the Cade Cunningham 94 that I bought. So I'll, I'll bring them both out here in a second. Yeah, that, um, that
2: aged well for you this weekend.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that's that, that's a whole other story, which we can talk about Is that uh, your L of the week? later on in the show. Yeah, exactly. Prepared for the L of the week on that one. Um but uh yeah so i'm torn because you know the to see the 100 grade on the card and actually you can tell a difference in the card like max and i were both we talked to frankie about this at the show and then on the uh, on the uh the train ride back into into central london we were like you know what this you can tell the difference like this looks like a perfect card i mean Mm -hmm. You look at the Cade, and it, you know it looks like it could be a PSA ten. But then you look at the Pedri one hundred, and the difference between the ninety four and the one hundred, it's hard to say, right? Because you're looking at like an optic basketball card versus a Merlin soccer card, and so it's totally different. But you look at the Pedri, and you're like, this centering looks perfect. There's nothing on. The, I mean, it it just looked like the like a, like it would get a BGS black label or something. So actually, what I wanted to ask Frankie before we we throw up the promotion on uh, the the promotion you guys have have coming up here for the holiday holidays is um like if i were you i would be thinking i would almost be excited in a weird way to see cards um uh of mine of my slab selling on the secondary market just to see like what just to compare them to a, a psa 10 or a psa 9 or an sgc 10 or whatever sgc 9 5 like just to do you guys, has that happened yet? Do you guys keep track of that? And are you, and it's great that you're sort of acknowledging like, Hey, look, we know that this could be kind of an intermediate service. Um, Kendall used a service at the national like that, where you can walk right up and, and get a grade within the next 30 minutes on whether or not they think it's going to be an eight, nine, 10, um, that kind of thing. So I actually think that your approach to that Frankie is, is going to make you Legitimate in the hobby to say like, hey, look, you can. We're happy if you use us as like a pre-grading for PSA or SGC or whatever. Um, We're at that price point, so we can provide that value to you. Or if you like it, you can keep it in the slab for collectors um, who just want to have something nicer to look at. um, Maybe consistent look and feel across all across all their cards at at a low price. You can do that too. But like, what from a business standpoint for you to truly grow this? Do you feel like you have to? sell on the secondary market at a certain level like what what kind of internal discussions have you guys talked about and do you track that at all
1: yeah no we do we have a lot set up i'm very keen on keeping an eye out for for what any of our slabs that are hitting the the secondary market predominantly ebay really but we do keep an eye out in card groups as well um, we've seen evidence of it adding value so there was a hoops lamello base rookie card i think the sort of typical price point that it goes for Was about eight ninety nine um in in British pounds, um but a hundred grade of that sold for twenty nine ninety nine, so that was a nice uplift um based on that so that was good to see, um there has been evidence of, you know certainly. Our, our slabs add in value. Um, and I also think they add value just sometimes from a design perspective. As I said before, yeah. if it's a PC card and you see a really nice, beautiful matching label slab, you would feel okay to pay a little bit more for that to, to display that. So um, how much value that is, it's probably not much. And we, we accept that. Um, but with the the pricing of the grading where it's at, I think that would still be hopefully something that people would consider. Um, You know, it would be nice for us to get to the point where we can add as much value as PSA, but we understand that that's a very, very long way away. You know, they've been around for a very long time. They've got that um reputation. They've got the credibility. Uh, and everybody knows that if you get a PSA 10, then, then you... You're laughing in terms of the value of your card um so at the moment it's slowly slowly we understand that um we're not looking to to have that ego that we feel like we're gonna you know jump in on that and overtake that at this stage it's just not going to do that so we're trying to model what we offer accordingly as much as we can um but yeah, I mean, it, it would be nice. I, I still think that the the place where the additional value will come on the aftermarket will be those hundreds, because I think people would then almost like people look out for a BGS nine point five and try and cross it over to a PSA ten to add the value. Um, they maybe do. They might do the same with our hundred grades. So,
0: yep. I wish I would have known about um, about Digital Grading Co. over the last couple of years, because I would have tried to just figure out a way to get them all over from spain over to you to get them graded rather than wait to go to the states and then send them all to sgc like i did a couple summers ago but i really really like the product i really really like the service tell us about um slab vent that you guys have going on so
1: (laughs) we like to um yes we like to give back to the hobby a little bit um where we can um, we feel that's really important. We understand that people can get quite burnt with breaks, and breaks is a massive part of the hobby in the UK. Um, and we feel like that there's almost a, a little bit too much of a gambling element to it sometimes. Look, it's not up to us to say how people spend their money in the hobby, and that's absolutely fine. But we've had evidence of you know 16-year-olds who are getting involved in Instagram raffles. And message us that they've spent all of their pocket money on X, Y, and Z. And we've it, we've ended up sending them out a Kante signed rookie card just to make them feel a little bit better as long as they promise not to enter raffles anymore. So <laughs> we just try and do the right thing for the hobby where we can. We feel like that's really important. And, and Slabvent plays a part in that. We like to give back every Christmas. Last year, we done a Christmas Day slab break. So we've done slab breaks in the past where we take our personal collection of slabs. um, We put them into a a break style where they're all hidden and randomized within um, sort of silver packages. And we ensure that every single slab has a higher value than what the entry price is so you cannot lose money on entering our slab break you know that whatever you're going to hit there will be at least a card of the same value of what you pay to enter and then we always have a real big hitter in there as well so we've had like harland autos before it was a leaf harland auto admittedly but it was still a 400 pound card that was in that slab break which that comes out of our bottom line you know that that's all lost to us, but we're mm-hmm. happy to do that because we want to give back um, as much as we can to the hobby as well. And and slab bent is exactly the same. So there will be you can choose your budget. So you choose any budget you like. Some people have gone for six hundred pounds, so like seven hundred dollars. Um, some people have gone for a hundred pounds, so one hundred and twenty dollars. And every day through Christmas, we jump on YouTube and we will do a mystery reveal. You can choose your sports. So we offer baseball, NFL, football and uh, basketball. Um, We've had even some people ask for Star Wars uh, and stuff like that. And we do. We can accommodate that as well. Not in as much volume as sports, but we can certainly pop some Star Wars or Marvel in as well because we we do have those slabs uh, available, and you can even pick teams and players. And while not every single card is going to be OIPC oh, Harland, <laughs> you know I want all Harland cards in because it's just not going to work that way. We certainly will try our best to match to your preferences as we can. Um, And yeah, we we will reveal a mystery slab for you every day on YouTube. And then on Christmas Day, you will be entered into our yearly um, slab break where there'll be some really big hitting cards in there as well. And we've also got a signed um, Beckett Ronaldinho shirt that will be raffled off on Christmas Day as well. Uh, and also a signed Pele shirt that will be raffled off. And that all comes as part of your entry fee. So it's not like there's extra charges for for being involved in that. That all comes as, as part of it. So we do it every year at Christmas, just a massive give back to everybody who's involved with us and supports us. Um, and just a lot of fun when Christmas is getting a bit boring and we've all had our dinner and, you know, the day sort of getting a bit you know is watching the same things on telly every year we can all slip away and and jump onto youtube and and have a have a bit of fun with some cards and some slabs so uh yeah a lot of fun
2: that's neat
0: awesome so at digital underscore grading dm there for more information and uh Throw out the website. I want to make sure I get it right. Digitalgradingco.co.uk, right, Frankie? Yeah, that's right. Okay, awesome. So check that out. Kendall, I know you probably got some questions about this. I do. All right. I'll, over to you, my man. Everybody, I, I've hogged the show. This is Kendall McKee. Hey, 30
2: minutes in, making my interjection. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, uh frankie thanks for coming on during the three Lions game big big ups for you in that um uh, i have some questions about the grading company um and if you have any examples there at your desk that you could show uh people that would be pretty cool or if paul can pull up some images of some online that would be sweet as well um because i've
1: just now seen the naji harris you know um, Mm -hmm. and i want to see some more i'm right in front of me here which unfortunately the man got injured but there's a nice... All right, hold on. Hold on. Keep it up. So, right. well, let, me, let me take it out of the outer plastic packaging because that's not showing off the nice gold vinyl as much as it should. Um, oh, nice. That is nice. Javante Williams. Yeah. Gold vinyl, one of five. Um, yeah. Which is that's a, sick. a nice card. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. I found
0: mine. That was fast. Here's the Pedri 100. Wow. And then here's the Cade, which I'm also very excited about in spite of the shin injury.
1: (laughs) And that's something else that people have pushed back on us with, that we don't have the card details on the front of the card. People have kind of said that they would much rather see the card information on the front um, like other... Uh, grading companies do our qr code gives you much more detail about the card so it will give you the set the year so we we kind of want to encourage that digital element to it so you scan the qr code it gives you all of that you go to the bottom you have the grading notes so what actually were the reasons why the card was graded down and then at the very bottom you have our digital uh, high resolution scans So you can actually click on them, zoom in on them, and you can see everything that our AI and and what we saw as well. That's pretty neat. What do you guys do for like this? I'm just curious at this point. So
2: you said you divided up into 100 different you know, sectors or whatever. What if there's
1: a – well, let me ask this first. Um, Do you guys grade vintage cards? We typically haven't steered towards vintage cards at this point in time. Um, And there are some rules that we don't accept. Um, just because we
0: couple connection issues there, I think with Frankie. Yeah Get, got me okay. okay, yeah, I was gonna ask that too, Kendall. I'm sure he'll we'll hear him here in a second. I, that was exactly what I was wondering is on the vintage side. so I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, because I...
2: I mean there's a specific reason why I'm asking that leading question. Uh, but uh
0: yeah i think authentication right i mean that's got to be a huge concern I would well uh, yeah that.
2: that is a question of mine man uh 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 um, maybe I, he's iran's keeper iran's keeper <laughs> sure. got hurt already okay so he's out
0: okay hey took a i'm he, sure took a head to i'm the sure face. frankie's gonna going to maybe fix his connection here. And if not, he's just uh, watching the match, which we totally respect. So Kendall, you want to jump into your L of the week for us?
2: Oh,
1: he's back. He's back.
0: All right, cool. Here we go. We got him. We got him back. everybody. There
1: he is. Okay. Vintage. Yeah. Vintage. So we do have some exclusions. Um, we do appreciate the fact that our technology may not be ideal for vintage at this time. Um, and we make it clear in our terms and conditions that we may refund um on cards that are of a certain vintage so yeah we, we do accept that there are some you know exclusions to what we can offer our services on at this stage can you
2: kind of explain like what that like where does it cut off or like what do you
1: how do you guys determine whether <clears throat> you can handle it like whether the software can handle it or not Uh, To be honest, sometimes it's not been until the card has been received. So we actually have um, AI for centering as well. So we have the typical centering tool that's been digitalized. And then we overlay that on the high resolution scans. We had one card that was submitted to us that wasn't the correct dimensions of Mm. the centering tool. We then at that stage can't determine whether it's been trimmed or not we don't yeah. want to make that call and um, we don't feel like we're the people to say yes it has been trimmed or yes it hasn't so at that stage we just refund the money and then the card is returned
2: well the time is now They've scored. They have scored. Jude <laughs> Bellingham. Hey, looks like, looks like Jude there has a go. goal. That's it. I think it was Jude. He's the one who's celebrating the cameras on him. His hands are in the air. I didn't actually see it go through the net, but what a goal for a guy that I have been saying needs to have a great World Cup and for us to have uh, just a massive eyes on this World Cup. Um, but let me just lo- watch it for half a second. Oh, nice header. Far post, coming in from across, looking good, Jude. Off to his uh, potential uh, golden boot campaign already. <laughs> Harry Kane, scoot over. It's Jude Bellingham's time. Um, this, so, good start for England here. Or, or, the I guess, the UK. Uh, oh, no, it is England. Um, okay, so, I, I guess, where I was going with that question was um paul immediately uh asked about the um authenticity of cards which you did talk about in terms of the trimming what do you guys do for uh authenticating autos like is there a process you guys use for that specifically
1: yeah so from the auto perspective i mean with our background we actually used to have a memorabilia company as well So we're quite well versed in memorabilia. Um, We've held signings with the likes of Declan Rice, who's playing right now and so on. So we've got a background in memorabilia and we do have people who um, know what they're doing in in that regard. Um, So because of that, we feel like we are okay to pass through an auto, whether it's legitimate or not. Mm -hmm. However, at this stage of time, we don't... So we we've even just done we've just done a signing with uh, Hannibal for Manchester yeah. United, and also Amad okay. They were actually signed by the player onto the card, so it's not on a it's not on a Panini label or a Topps label. Or it's not on card and so on. Um, but we refuse to put those in the DGC slab because we don't feel at this time that autos that are not part of the original card we want those cards within a DGC slab. We're just okay. not willing to, to put okay. those in. So, um, you know, if it's not on a Panini label, not on a TOPS label, and not on a Panini card, or, you know, it's been signed as part of the original card, because we actually take, we don't separate the grade via a card grade and an auto grade. We feel like uh, the card is the card. You can't grade it separately. Um, if the auto is off of the sticker, well, that's still part of the card. The card overall grade is going to be marked down because of that. Um, there is no, well, we're going to mark that a PSA 10 because the card is perfect. However, the auto is absolutely horrible. So we're going to grade the auto element of it down, but the card's still going to get a 10. In our eyes, the card is the card. The sticker nice. is stuck onto that card, and, and that's, it should be taken as one item. So,
0: I kind of like that because I think people can kind of trick the system a little bit with PSA and like not do an auto grade if the auto kind of looks bad or like, I don't know. I just, I've, I'm not sure how I feel about auto grades anyway. So I kind of think keeping it simple like that makes sense. Sorry, Kendall, go ahead
2: no that's okay um i know that there are some things that happen in 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 card grading like for instance if there was a push pin hole in the top where somebody put it on their cork board or something like that immediately at psa that like immediately drops it down to either a one or an authentic even if the rest of it is perfect because there's a puncture in the actual card but to your grading scale if that is one hole i guess in one of the 100 squares would that just get a 90 or would that potentially like unauthenticate or something like that how do you guys handle like maybe
1: big aspects of damage yeah so that that's actually taken into consideration as well so if there's denting to the card that's an automatic minus 10 as long as it's not over five areas. If it goes over five areas, then it's a minus 20. So also with soft corners, soft corners are an automatic minus five. So if there's a really soft corner, then that's going to be significantly marked down. That's a soft corner. Isn't just a minus one. You can't have four soft corners and it will come back uh, a 94. You know, that's going to take it down immediately to less than 80. Um, So yes, we do have additional criteria in place that does mark down significant damage Mm, nice so um okay cool that's that that was kind of where i was
2: going with like the vintage realm because like Mm -hmm. historically people had done that where they just were like this is my favorite card push it up on the wall you know like it's in my room as a boy you know um and now you're seeing some of those mickey mantles and stuff like that come out that are incredible cards, but they've got so much wear on them. I actually saw a really cool one that uh, had a drawing of like a devil face on Mickey Mantle, and then they graded it. Pretty funny looking card. But anyway, um, uh, I really don't necessarily have any more questions in terms of your grading system other than, um,
1: like, I guess you've been, did you say when you guys started? We started, we've been running for about two years now, um, total time.
2: And you've graded you you said about a thousand cards in that time.
1: Yeah, we're over a thousand now. We're probably at about one thousand and well, I've actually got the machine or one of the machines behind me, which has a. All of our machines have a counter on them. A ticker. So yeah. I, I keep one here so I can grade from home because it's nice and convenient. And then we also keep one in the office as well so we can grade from there. Um, and I think we're, we're probably up to about one thousand one hundred now. I would imagine. Nice.
2: What is the um the audience on probably is is probably um wanting to ask, what is the nicest card that has ever come through your grading company <laughs> that somebody has trusted you with?
1: Yeah, tough, tough question that one. Um we've had a few Harlans which have been have been nice to to grade. Um, the man Jude Bellingham just scored in, we used to do breaking as well. We don't typically do breaking anymore, but we did used to have a breaking element of what we used to do. Um, we had a Jude Bellingham stadium club, um, rookie auto to a hundred. Nice. Um, we was asked to grade it, but we was asked not to seal it cause it actually come back a 99. Um, it did get a PSA 10. So that was quite interesting. Beautiful. That- that was a gentleman in America as well. So we got the card from us to America, still in perfect condition. And then it got the PSA 10, which was, which was great. But the point was the bottom left-hand corner did have a real, quite significant whitening to it. It it looked, it was so obvious because it was, it had a black bottom left-hand corner um, and there was significant whitening there. So if we was going to, Grade that it would never have got the 100 grade um, but it did get a PSA 10 so that was quite and that's a lucky on. guy right now he's a lucky guy and um, yeah absolutely so now we've had some some decent ticket we've had some uh, Brady rookies as well that were just in the realm wow. of what we could pass through so that was quite nice so yeah people are starting to trust us with more premium items which is which is good if i'm honest probably the most premium come from my own pc collection that i put through so hey man you gotta um, believe
2: in your own process that's right. right absolutely that's right if you're you not investing in, in yourselves
0: yeah exactly exactly i love that and uh we're
2: both entrepreneurs here man we both know that that is like some of the best things you can do is just invest in yourself so
1: yeah I'm, and i'm proud of you guys for if nothing else so yeah, I, I like the fact that it's so transparent because if if anything, I grade down slightly harsher on the after element. If there's something that the AI has been a little bit, you know, it, it, the AI has, has been so strong. Like very rarely do we have to overrule the AI and the human element comes into play and we go, actually, well, we think like this should be taken into consideration. However, when I'm doing it, I feel like I'm so... I have to be so critical because it's my own PC card that that's the majority of time where I step in and go, no, I'm actually going to grade it down a little bit more just in case people feel like I've Mm. given myself a a, a preferential service. Um, So I'm extra critical on anything that I pass through the system, but it is a really nice thing that if I am entering um, into breaks or I'm opening personal product and, and ripping boxes that i can squeeze a little bit extra value out of it by putting my cards in slabs so yeah. that does help me in the hobby with getting <laughs> a return on investment so that's awesome yeah uh, soccer sure. just scored as well so
2: the young hey, lads are going love wild it. for the line
0: the young guys let's go get it
2: um we um have we've had a guy on last week that talked about stickers do you guys do you guys grade stickers? No, not at this moment in time though. No. Is but, that something that you guys are looking forward to in the future or are
1: you kind of really wanting to stick to cards? I think if we took our eye off the ball and moved into stickers and started to try and work out AI and a process for that, it may slow down the progression of the card part side of the business so at the mm. moment it's not something we've considered we have been asked we wasn't even taking on anything over uh, 70 point either um, we wasn't we certainly wasn't touching 100 point and 130 point cards um however now we do have 100 point and 130 point slabs so that we have added in um but stickers at this moment in time i think are probably not on the radar Nice. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you got to know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: I think, think, um, that's a great question, Kendall. And, and I think like, I'm, this is not something I'm going to, I'm going to drag our audience through. We're going to move on to the rest of the show, but but I am intrigued at sort of the target audience for uh digital grading UK. And, um, it seems like the target audience would on one hand, Makes sense for stickers but on the other hand after talking to greg lansdowne last week and sort of knowing what we all know about stickers and who collects stickers maybe it's a it becomes a fragmented market like it becomes like would the sticker collector even even want their sticker graded i don't know that you know feel free to 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 let me know what you guys think about that well
1: i guess the only thing that uh, where there would be a huge argument for it was Dan- Darwin Nunes um, rookie stickers they went from 2 pound to 80 90 for PSA 10s um yeah. huge huge uplift absolutely massive so i guess that that would be the the immediate argument is you know to to take a sticker from 2 pounds worth to to 90 to 80 to 90 pounds worth was was a significant uplift so
0: yeah and maybe you know, maybe there is that there is that expansion in there for you guys, and uh, that's a I think that's a good question though, Kendall. So, Kendall, uh, since I dominated like the first uh, thirty minutes of the show, do you why don't you lead us uh, with the L of the week? What do you got for L of the week?
2: Well, I think Kate Cunningham going down is a massive oh, L of the on. week, <laughs> and I had come to on. bring that up. I had to. Um, <laughs> okay, go mm, ahead. But- I I really do think that, uh, now this is going to be very, like if you guys have watched the show for a while, then you know where my heart's set in terms of my preferential teams. And the Thunder playing well, Paul, is an L of the week for me. (laughs) I need Victor Wabanyama in a Thunder uniform next year. And they are dominating. SGA can't like stop going bananas. Pokashevsky finally decides to show up. In, in a uniform and Josh Giddey's playing well. And then Jalen Williams is, is, is a first round talent. You know I mean? Like we've got guys all over the floor that know how to play. And I wish we could tank a little bit more. Um, uh, Unfortunately, I, well, fortunately, and unfortunately, I think SGA stays a thunder and we're going to ride it out and just see what we got with Chet next year. But uh, that's my L of the week is that the thunder are playing really well. Uh, therefore, like they are nowhere close to the bottom. It's a long season, but, but here we go.
0: All right. Well, I'll go next. Uh, I think Cade Cunningham is not my L of the week. Let me just say that because, um, now the Pistons could maybe get Victor Wembenyama. We'll see. And I think Cade Cunningham is a long-term play anyway. So I've been writing about it at nooffseason.com. This guy's a long-term play. Maybe his cards dip even further and you go buy more Cade. Um, so, uh, Anyway, my L of the week actually is this. Um, I, I I think that this is really confusing. And, yeah, um, I
2: saw this. This was strange.
0: So this is the Luca um, sale that most of you have probably heard about. The 2018 National Treasures logo man RPA one of one sold for 3.12 million dollars via PWCC Marketplace Premier Auction. The same card uh, sold as a non-graded copy for $4.6 million in March of 2021. At that time, it was the uh, all-time most expensive basketball card ever to sell. This is courtesy of Slab Stocks. Thanks to Slab Stocks. Those guys do a great job. We take a lot of our information from them. I uh, want to give them credit. This So this card, basically what it means is that, it's and it's in a BGS uh, 9, uh, it's down 32%. And there's a lot of comments on Slabstock's Instagram about it. I'm not going to go through all of that. In my mind, this is a weird time to sell this card. And I think that that has a, a lot to do with it. I think that um, obviously being down 32% seems like it could be a big deal for the market. I just, I don't know. I think it's an L just because A, it was so significantly lower than its previous sale. But I think the bigger L is like what what confusion ensues and like what BS ensues from this is like the, actually my L because I think it was just like the wrong time to list this card for sale um, if this person was trying to profit from it. If this person um, needed a, a actually a, a loss for their taxes. Yeah, that's what I was going to um, say prior to the end of the year, then like it's not an L for them. Like mission accomplished. It's it just happens to be that the card market was the like took the collateral damage of that person making that choice for their investment portfolio. Um,
2: and the truth it, of the matter now is they have three point one two liquid.
0: Yes, that's a good point. So you know I don't know what what the deal is with this sale. I don't know how many how many people are super confused by this. Uh, I'm, it's not too confusing to me. I just kind of want to say like my, my take on it is it's one of those two things. Either the person just sold it at the wrong time. Uh, if they would have sold this when Luca, you know, put up 50 after a playoff game, probably could have profited from it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, right. if they, if they needed a tax, uh loss, then good for them. So that's my L of the week. Frankie, do you have an L of the week or a comment on either, uh, Minor Kendall's?
1: No, I, I don't. To be totally honest with you, I was going to be really harsh because we've had some quite poor feedback around the world cup so far in the uk yeah. the end of the week in the uk has been the world cup mm. um that is the truth uh, people yeah. have been really frustrated just with just the the, the amount of politics that have been yeah. involved it has no place in football i know it's a global stage i know it's massive and it's a, a great place to get messages out there but i just feel like It should have been a distraction from what's going on in the world right now. It should be used for positivity only. Um, We need to use it to kind of forget about some of the things that are going on in the world right now and just enjoy it. Um just enjoy it for what it is, which is a footballing spectacle. So yeah, as harsh as it sounds, if I'm being totally honest, the L of the Week for me has so far has been the World Cup. While your team's freeing you up, you kind of feel a little bit better about it. So <laughs> maybe uh it's not so much anymore. Let's go.
0: If we have you back on in like you know four or five weeks, they could be your win of the week. We'll see.
1: Yes, maybe. Well the, the reason I don't have an L of the week is because I haven't been purchasing very much. I've I've stayed away and I haven't been breaking very much either. I hit that Javante Williams gold vinyl the very next week he got injured. Mm. Um, I hit two really nice Scotty Barnes autos the next week he rolled his ankle and got injured. So normally the L's of the week come from Whatever Frankie hits in breaks or, or picks up online, <laughs> um but I've not been I've not been having that pain because um yeah I've I've been staying away and just sitting back and watching at the moment. I've been sort and of and you
2: sold you sold Paul the Cade Cunningham and then he gets and hurt. then he gets it. Injured.
0: So you're passing it on
1: to exactly. me. I appreciate that. Yeah, why not? Frankie, okay. who, who are your teams? teams. Who are your teams,
2: Frankie? Oh, uh, I'm a
1: West Ham fan. I'm a West Ham. Fan. Woo! Yeah. So Declan Rice is my, my man, but he's actually come out that, that, well, that's the other end of the week. Declan Rice has confirmed that he will be listening to offers at the end of mm. the season. So uh, we're going to lose our, uh, our big superstar at the end of this season, which is uh, a little bit of a shame.
2: Are you a fan of the new stadium?
1: it's terrible Uh, you make it what it is you make it what it is um i'm trying and all the fans are trying to embrace it more than we were at the beginning at the beginning it was just we hate it now everyone realizes we're stuck with it we've got to try and um make it what we can and but really it's not made for football it's a you know it's it's not it's not a football venue have you seen green street hooligans I have. I was actually asked to be in the movie. All my friends Let's are go, in it. Frankie. Yeah, all my friends are in it. Um, Steve Guy, Dean's in it. Um, and they are actual real hooligans. They Let's are, go. Yeah, so they are all... I love them. They were retired at that stage. When you go to West Ham, we do book signings with all the old faces and so on. And um, I know of them very well. And uh, most of them are business people now and have yeah. and grown up and stopped being... Doing Those the childish behavior that they used to when they were twenty-one and so on, so you kind of get to know them as normal people, family people, and and you know they're, they're, at the end of the day now they're they're dads and they're this and they're that. So, but um, at that time, a, a lot of the the people who were. Involved in the football club in one way or another got asked to star in the movie. Um, but we had Derby that day and I just wanted to go and watch the football. So I went and, and watched it um, mm. while a few of the others decided they wanted to be in the pub singing the bubbles and yeah. whatever. And a few of them get a few close-ups and so on. So, But they, they did ask real hooligans to add realism to that. So there oh, are awesome. some actual proper people in there. Um, God, but a very, very cheesy film. It, it's nothing like the 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 real world of football to be honest it's um yeah but it was all fun
0: make kendall's week i think with that (laughs) no frank i literally watched that with my cousins
2: i watched that with my cousins every thanksgiving it's just like a tradition (laughs) that we have we sing the bubbles i mean i'm not a west ham fan but that's how i started getting into the prem was uh by watching green street and just loving it and then i started watching it um so anyway that's how, that's my love for soccer started there. So
1: <laughs> Good. We like it. At least it achieved something. I'm not sure that's the, the correct way people should be introduced <laughs> into football, but you know, there you go. If it's, if it's had that effect, but um, yeah, West Ham was always known for atmosphere. Um, not the hooligan element, but the, the yeah. singing and the atmosphere and the the real making a lot of noise. And unfortunately, unless it's the big games now, that new stadium just doesn't have that spark that it yeah. used to have. Um, people used to find Upton Park a very you know, daunting place to go because of the noise was so loud and the pitch was right up close. The, the fans were so close to the pitch. And now you're a mile away, you need binoculars just to see the pitch is it's, it's very very different to, to how it used to be um but there you go yeah i'm Sounds an everton like maybe fan that so, uh... is
0: also frankie's l of the week and but it's also kendall's w of the week because he's so happy uh that he has someone else to talk to about this movie and about the west ham hooligans uh he's mentioned this on the <laughs> show many many times so i have a feeling that uh, a friendship has just been struck here on the sports card strategy <laughs> show um so if that wasn't Kendall's win of the week, it is now. And my win of the week is hopefully I'll be able to see both of you there and more of you in the audience. Hopefully you'll be at the National 2023. I'm just I'm just promoting this because I'm excited. This is my win. This Cyber Monday. So a week from today, uh, th- there's going to be a sale on tickets for the 2023 National. So that's a win of the week. Go save some money. If you know you're going to the National. Just save some money and buy buy on Cyber Monday coming up. Does it so say what the price that, is? That's my quick uh win of the week. It says not what the price is that I can see in this article here. But it does say ticket sales on sale Cyber Monday. Monday, November 28th, a week from today. Maybe we'll be buying them on the show in the next episode, episode 57.
2: And it is in the Rosemont Center, looks like, which is a great place for the National. Much better
0: than uh, what we had this last summer. So, I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I've never been to Rosemont, Illinois, but uh, if it's not better than Atlantic City, I would be shocked. So, um, Kendall, who's your real W of the week?
2: Um, The Indy one of one uh was posted this week and so as you guys have known i've been talking about indy rodriguez forever ever um i have an out of five that is a psa 10 that i will be putting up uh in april um to try to you know just get some uh get some of my win back you know and and so um the one of one has been posted as of like uh most recently and uh he's got it listed for just under 20k i believe which I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm a little bit bummed because that means if it sells, I'm going to have a cap of that probably. So uh, I wish he had listed it for a little bit higher, but I am excited to see it. Uh, I have not seen the one of one until it had hit eBay. So
0: Yeah, 20K. So we were talking that we thought it would be a four-figure card for sure and that you would be probably pretty happy with that. Was that right when we had... uh
2: um, I, my, my estimation was that I was going to have no problem getting 10 X out of it, which would be eight K. Um, and then I was hoping that it would get, that it would know, maybe get to be a north five of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. So, so 20 K, if it ends up, if it ends up getting half of that, then, uh, that, okay. Then yeah. your cap is much lower than you thought, but if it ends up getting closer to 20 K, you should be in good shape. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations. That's we'll my be win. pulling for you. Frankie, do you have a W of the week?
1: Um, Do I have a W of the week? It's a a good question. I'm honestly struggling (laughs) a little bit at the moment in terms of finding Ws within um, the hobby right now. Um, And and that's me being totally transparent. I opened a a National Treasures uh, Road to World Cup box. Um, Felt like I did okay, but it's transpiring that maybe... I didn't do quite as well as I initially thought that I'd done. Um, and and a lot of the what I hit is proving quite tricky to move, oh. um, to be perfectly honest. Um, I did hit a to 10 Jonathan David um prism rookie in yeah. a prism break. So I like that. I guess with his links at the moment, with Premier League and potential Premier League move there that that's really interesting me right now because if he does get that Premier League move to to Manchester United which is where he's being touted to potentially go um then that that would be a a real big win for me there so that would be quite interesting um I guess at the moment that every W that I'm finding for for the hobby is just the fact that you know there are advantages to be had at the moment in terms of buying on the on the aftermarket for the first time in a long time. You're actually able to pick up product che- more cheaply. You're actually able to pick up nice cards a lot more affordable, um, especially through like auctions rather than just the, the buy it now um, side of things. Um, so yeah, I guess from my perspective in the uk where it stands at the moment we've had such a this bubble where everything was crazy pricing um you know sealed product was was just through the roof and was sold out instantly and you couldn't get your hands on anything real problem um and also the the aftermarket was just absolutely ridiculous um in terms of pricing now it's becoming more of a hobby again you can actually get involved which that i'm really enjoying um and one of the things that i'm enjoying just as much as the investment side is also putting full sets together so I've got a few binders down here I've got some nice full sets put together which are all um, nicely laid out from this year which is really cool and I want to do that with Prism World Cup as well I'd love to have a full set there um, so yeah just just the fact that the hobby's coming back around to being a hobby again for me is is a bit of a double. and I know we're talking about investment side and I feel like I've got a little gem that i can bring up when we talk about world cup in a minute because uh i think there's something that's going massively unnoticed right now so that will be where i add value on the uh, strategy (laughs) side um but yeah from me my perspective right now it's just nice that things are you can get your hands on things again that that that's really you know a nice place to be and when you go on to the the very limited amount of aftermarket box selling websites that we have available to us over here. What used to be sold out 10 minutes after product going on there, it's actually still around a couple of days later and um, you can actually buy some affordable sealed product again, which is good.
0: Absolutely. All right. So that brings us into the buy of the week uh, brought to you by marketmoversapp.com by SportsCard Investor. And uh, typically what we do is uh, Kendall and I look at MarketMoversApp.com, find a card that we recommend buying most of the time because it is down and we feel like uh, there's, you know, there's opportunity there for it to go back up based on who it is and what the card is. And so uh, if you go to MarketMoversApp.com and use the promo code No Offseason, you can get your first month for only $1. And I found, I think, a gem here. Um, that I don't think anyone would disagree with me on. It is a Julio Rodriguez 2019 Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto Raw is down 54.2% over the last 90 days. The last sale was a week ago today for $710. Um, And it is a card that should sell for more than double that during the baseball season. So, Kendall, that is my buy of the week, none other than the J rod. What do you think, my man?
2: Is that a live auction right now?
0: Um, well, this is just the sales data and there's been 5 sales in the last 90 days of this card and the last sale 710, the highest sale was uh 1550. So, this is not necessarily a live auction, but it is a situation where that the the most the most recently sold version of that card was just a week ago. And we are now in the baseball off season. So I believe there should be more opportunities to buy these types of J Rod cards. If you can get this one for that price, uh, which I don't know that you can, but based on this data, that would definitely be a buy.
2: If I see that card at seven hundred dollars, I'm buying it twice. There you go. So there we go.
0: So Frankie, that was my uh that was my buy of the week. Julio Rodriguez. This is something you and I talked briefly about at the London card show, baseball, right? One of the things that you were kind of telling me is that generally people in the UK, yourself being one of them, we're finding it a little bit tricky to understand what baseball cards to buy. So what I just kind of showed the audience here is you want to go for the Bowman Chrome first prospect auto of any player. And so I just brought up the Julio Rodriguez 2019. Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto, based on data from Market Movers, is down f- almost 55% in the last 90 days. So we typically take a look at uh, things like that as our buy of the week. That's mine. Uh, I assume both of you have one. Frankie just kind of teased his. Um, Kendall, who's yours?
2: Yeah, I'm still buying Makoko um i think that he could have a big world cup um him and vinnie jr are the guys that i think are gonna be really big uh plays this year um jude bellingham was a guy that i've been talking about for a while and he just scored his first baggie so um <clears throat> i would i would still be buying some players of the world cup but as for now man i am uh i'm putting up auction or ebay stuff some of the stuff that i bought at the national so
0: nice you're ahead of the game as always frankie do you have a buy who are you buying right now anybody
1: um yes the the man that i am really going to start to pick up so from the uk there's a couple of rules that i have now um and we are very very fickle football fans (laughs) really really fickle football fans um we can go from loving a player one week to really not liking them the next week um it's quite unbelievable just how we can flip Very, very quickly and turn on players. It's always been the same, um, but it's especially interesting in the hobby. Um, And I had to then start to set some rules around what I invest in because I'd made a few mistakes on how our, you know, the the fans are in general in the UK. Um, And it's led me to only purchase forwards and attacking goal scoring wingers. Um, We have this real affinity with goal scoring players. I would say that the striker. And the wingers in the UK is very similar to the quarterback in America. And players like your Jude Bellingham's, even though he scored there now, if you look at the legends of the game who have um, you know, were defensive midfielders like your Patrick Vieira's, they sell for next to nothing. You can pick up Patrick Vieira cards who's regarded as the one of the best defensive midfielders of all time. Um, you know, his cards now sell for for next to nothing. Um Whereas strikers and goal scorers is where the love is. And it's exactly the same affinity that the U.S. has with quarterbacks. So, you know, we've seen that real dip from the initial Jude Bellingham, Camavinga. We've seen those real high spike prices because they're rookies, they're current. There's a lot of hype around them. And then they crashed and, and everybody was like, well, where did my value go in in those? And it's just because they're defensive players. Once that initial hype goes about and being a rookie and potentially a future superstar, the fact that they don't score goals typically in their career, it just means that the interest fades really fast. Um so what I have that rule now is it's only goal scoring wingers and attackers is where I place my any investment that I make. Um, and what I also now look for, especially after the Darwin Nunes transfer, Darwin Nunes obsidian cards were selling for nothing. You couldn't give them away. As soon as he moved to Liverpool, they're selling for a £1,000 plus. It was quite unbelievable what the the markup that we had there. Um there's one player at the moment, so I look at, there's a, a website called transfermarket.co.uk, which um, it. has, it has rumours on there, basically. Yeah. And it gives you a percentage uplift on how likely it is that that rumour is going to come true. Um, there's one player who's going to be playing in the World Cup and is heavily linked with a move to the UK, and that's Noah Okafor. Um, he's linked with Man City and Liverpool. His Liverpool likelihood's gone up 40% today. Um, he scores goals. He's a rookie in the current World Cup products. And his rookies are selling for under $20. I mean, that's for his numbered cards. That's for like he's to 75s, to his to 399s. Um, he is just not selling for anything at all. Totally under the radar. Um but goal scoring player, 22, rookie in the World Cup, he will get a lot of attention playing for Switzerland because he'll be one of their main stars. Um, and if he gets his move to the the Premier League, which he's heavily linked with, and and that likelihood is getting more and more, then I feel like that could be a real instant quick win. So um, yeah, he's he's my guy at the moment.
2: That's a, love. That. that is some good intel right there. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: adding extreme value to the sports card strategy show frankie goodman from digital grading co uk love it uh that is outstanding so um now i did want to add one more thing actually and that is as i was going through um this is this is regarded uh as part of our buying segment, right? So as I was going through and putting in data in NoOffseason.com, the sports card investment report, which you can get a year for free if you email me at paul at nooffseason.com, I'm going to tell you how to get a year for free of our premium sports card investment report. Um, I was I was uh, implementing the data feed for some Kevin Durant cards, and you know he's a player that is not that popular overall in the US for how good he actually is. Um, But what I noticed was a couple different things that caught my eye, and then the, the same pattern caught my eye with Juan Soto cards. And that is, it's a topic that we've briefly hit on on this show before. And it is, when you have a bigger card, should you sell it through PWCC or Golden? Um, Or should you sell it through eBay? And what I noticed with both of these players is that they had much higher sales through PWCC and Golden Auctions than uh, on eBay. Now with Durant, some of that probably had to do with the timing of the year. But you have his... Uh, 2007 Topps chrome refractor out of 1499 which is just a weird serial number by the way but it's out of 1499 um so it is technically like a limited edition you'd know the print run of it right but in psa 10 it's going to bring the pop count down quite a bit of course um in april and may last year this card sold a few times for over $12,000. $12,000. It had a sale of $21,000. These are verified sales. Those were all through PWCC. It then sold subsequently right after that for around the same price as around $12,000, uh, twice on Golden and once on Golden for just under $10,000. Well, the more recent sales are on eBay and they are down, um, you know, at the beginning of this NBA season, same card, PSA 10, for less than $8,000. So I think that that is an opportunity, right? I think that and the same, I'll just say, I'll save you guys the time. Go to nooffseason.com, everybody. Just email me if you want a free year uh, of the premium version so that you can get this data. Email me at paul at You can see what I'm talking about. But essentially, it's a similar pattern with Soto. Different times of year, but you've got a situation where these sales, and it took me by surprise. Um, These are not like massive cards. These are actually like pretty common cards and not that hard to get. They're higher prices, but like Soto's first prospect auto Durant's, uh, you know, 2007 refractor, non-auto PSA 10, um, not necessarily a low pop count, um, going for way higher on the PWCC auctions and the golden auctions. That took me by surprise because what I had heard is that typically those types of cards, which are a little bit more common, go for less on the, the larger auction house sites because people are typically on the larger auction house sites for the bigger, massive cards. So there's actually like, I'd heard that there's more of a deal opportunity. What I'm seeing in the data, at least for these two players, is kind of the other way around. So I wanted to bring that up in the buy segment because if you're looking to buy Durant or Soto, those could be plays potentially with those, with those two cards. I don't know if you guys have comments on that. Um, but we can definitely, we're, we're running up against some time here at the end of the show. I do want to get to the cell of the week and then I have a quick, would you rather for you guys? Um, so Kendall, do you have a, a do you want to get into your cell of the week or do you have a comment on? No, my I do. My Last thought there.
2: Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I am too always curious about how this movement happens between auction house versus eBay it seems to me like for instance there was an eBay auction there that sold for like twice or half the price of the the the, or the top Durant card but it had like 25 more bids on it and so you like <clears throat> you're getting more eyes on eBay but probably the deeper pockets the people more uh maybe not more interested but more um
0: Willing to kind of bid without a budget, kind of thing, yeah.
2: Or? Like, they're just it, it seems like people have bought twenty thousand dollar sports cards before on golden auction, and that's other people. Like, for instance, for me bidding twenty thousand dollars on a sports card, I better know what the hell's going on, right? You know, and so, but like, you know, for uh, I don't know, it's, it's Joe, you know, Joe Schmo that has a, a billion dollars for him to has already bought $20,000 sports cards before he's probably going to a place where he knows the premium cards are going to be from. So um, I like it. I like that data. It's very encouraging, um, especially with trying to use an auction house. Uh, We've had some, some pretty big hits uh, from, from guests talking about auction houses previously. Um, But it's, that's a, that's a fun little uh, section of data Um, that my sale of the week happens to be Tyler Adams. Um, so he, he just like, like, as, um, we were talking about previously, he's not a goal scorer. He's a defensive mid. He's going wild in leads. Everybody loves him here in America. He just got the captain's armband here for our team. Um, and obviously, this team is going to be around for a long time. Youngest team at the World Cup. Uh, the Yankees are, are like the Yanks out here just trying to do it big. You know, we're here to compete. Um, but at the same time, Tyler Adams is going to be a focal point of this World Cup. But he's not going to score goals. He's not going to score goals for the USA. He's not going to score goals for Leeds. He's a guy that's a massive unit and a great player. And I am and like personally love Tyler Adams. I would have a Tyler Adams jersey but I don't want a Tyler Adams auto. Um, so if you do have any Tyler Adams, um, I would say this week is peak Tyler Adams sales. He's just got the captain's armband for us and the, uh, the USA team. So um, go get his uh, get his cards on eBay if you have them.
0: Nice. Frankie,
2: do
1: you have a sell of the week? If I'm honest, it's, it's a very similar vein with, with regards to England, to be honest. I think there's some players... For England, who had rookie cards that were really hyped, the hype has sort of faded. Um, The World Cup is going to bring some of that hype back again. So, you know, we're looking at Saka's just scored there. I still don't think Saka is long-term elite level. I don't think he's going to reach that pinnacle world class world level of footballer. Um, You know, we've seen a bit of a dip around his sort of mosaic autos that sort of come out and had that real hype at the beginning. I think people who purchased those are feeling a little bit of pain at that initial buy now because you could pick them up for a fraction of what they were last year um, well you know he's just scored in the World Cup so all of a sudden that hype will come back again and especially with Arsenal being top of the league I think there's this real you know there's just, just going to be this real hype around those players that were overpriced really fell back down to, to ground level now the World Cup can bring some of that hype back if I was there and had been sitting on that card it, it's quite difficult to not have that emotion into it. Because if you purchased mm. it, it was normally an emotional purchase. Yeah. So the the, the the value creeps back up again. You go, oh, that's really handy. I've, I've got my value back on that. The card's crept up again. Well, once the World Cup's all said and done and it goes into next season, it comes back down to where it was. You would have wished you would have got out while you still could. So, um, yeah, I guess if it's not a PC card that's a massive long-term hold and it's something that you were looking to kind of get some value out of at some point I just think though now's the time that those opportunities arise Um, another one was Martinelli I still not sure Martinelli's going to make it long term but he's top of the league I mean Martinelli stuff at the London card show was selling like crazy because I think it wasn't the top pricing I think everybody thought it had crept down because the market had dipped there was some real value to pick up That could explode again if he goes and has a good World Cup for Brazil. Um, Again, Arsenal being top of the league, everybody's got that good vibe and good feeling around him. If it does spike, Martinelli might be also someone that I get out of before it it comes crashing back down again. So Martinelli and Saka would be the ones that I'm looking for that are we going to see that real peak in price again? And is it an opportunity to to sell at its highest point before, um, it it comes back down to earth again.
0: Yeah. I'm with you guys. There's two, I mean, my two guys that I'm looking to sell, I have, I have a Ansu Fati Obsidian auto out of 75 that I'm looking to list. Hopefully he'll, he'll score some goals, uh, in, in, in a match or two and I can list those, um, and then Pedri, I've got a second-year tops Chrome Auto. Those are both PSA nines, so they're not like huge cards, but they're nice cards, and I'm unemotional about them. I think they're great players. Um, I don't really want to hold them long term. I'd like to get out of them, and I think that this this would probably be the month to do it because I just don't know how good you know FC Barcelona is going to be um, in the spotlight and that kind of thing. And so if if the Spanish national team can if they can contribute to the Spanish national team and we see a bump in their pricing, I'm definitely going to look to move Mm. those guys. But in terms of, um, in terms of like for the audience, again, I wanted to share, here's some data from sports card investor. This guy's going nuts. Yeah. So like this kind of thing, this is Christian Watson. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because he had a huge game on Thursday night football against the Titans. The Titans won, which is great. I'm a Titans fan. So, um, but Christian Watson's like a talent. I mean, legit, he's a talent, second-round pick. Like, he's going to be good. But with American football cards, I mean, when you're not a quarterback, um, you're going to be up and down in the stat column. And this is a fantasy football sleeper. This is not This is not somebody that you want to necessarily hold on to. Um, right now, at least, he had a massive game on Thursday Night Football. This is when you move cards like this. This is his score uh, rookie card auto and um you know last year's score were in college uniforms this year's score lucky for everybody who bought score they're in pro uniforms so they have some a little bit more of a runway in terms of their value and they have these nice sticker autos so if you're holding on to guys like especially Christian Watson but even guys like uh Drake London Kenneth Walker third, like if you if you're ho- holding on to their uh, score rookie auto specifically, I would move that right now because it's it's probably not going to be valuable after this, this period in time for two reasons. One, because you know, a guy like Christian Watson just had a career game. Who knows when that's going to happen again. Number two, you're going to see eventually, right? The Don Russ and then the prism and then the select, and then no one's going to want the score. So uh, I think, you know, a couple of reasons, just, just reminders to the audience to go ahead and move off of these things. Um, so guys, I have a, would you rather before we wrap up the show here? And um, this will test Frankie's knowledge of <laughs> just obscure American sports stuff. Um, and Let's it'll bring home. Frankie, you got the show this. nicely. But for Kendall, he'll probably get a little bit of a laugh out of this. I hope. And the, and the, would you rather I have is, would you rather have, chet holmgren oh come on and a card and a card like you know a card that i've tossed out there quite a bit like his his 2022 uh bowman U first autos which i think are great buys by the way <laughs> or would you have would you rather have bowl bowl because <laughs> oh bowl bowl for the card market that's invested in bowl bowl Finally, like, look at this dude's stats. He's lighting it up for the Orlando Magic right now. Chet is injured. He's not even doing anything for Kendall's Thunder. But bowl, bowl, my friends. Look at the, look at the last, the last three games, 26 points, 12 of 21 from the field, 12 rebounds. Next game, 15 points, 10, three straight double doubles. 22 points, 11 rebounds. He can shoot the three. He's shooting 43.8% from three-point land this year, 62% from the field, and he's averaging a double-double. Well, not really, but 13 points and eight rebounds, almost a double-double in 25 minutes of work. Kendall, I know your answer, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. Who would you rather have, actually Holmgren or Bull Bull?
2: I actually really do like Bulbul. I think he's got a cult following because of his dad, because of his dad being who he was, and because of the way Bulbul came up in the same Zion hoops. Um, I think, uh, what's that Instagram account that, like, I think it was overtime or something like that boosted. Oh, ball is life ball is life uh, boosted all of their games as the high schoolers, you know, as they were coming up and bowl, needed this move to the magic. He was dying on the depth chart of the nuggets. So um, and I think he actually, I think he went to the Knicks or something in between, but it was, and it got hurt, but it was just like, this guy needed to be on the floor and being in the magics uh, depth there. They got a lot of depth at the big position, but, Hey, he's carving out a role. And to have 21 shots against the Timberwolves or 26 or whatever it was. Yeah, 21 shots. They're feeding the guy. Let's go. You know, like, yeah, I know. Why not? I mean, they got Wendell Carter, Wendell Carter Jr. out there, but still at the same point, like, this, this Magic team is going to be surprising people this year. I actually, right now, am probably going to take the Bull bowl, bowl, and then I would flip it into <laughs> Chet long term.
0: Wow. Love that. Frankie, do you have a take on this uh, American NBA basketball nonsense?
1: Very tough for me to say. I, I At least I've heard of Bowl, Bowl I haven't heard of the other gentleman, if I'm totally honest. Gosh. But um, I, I look more and more at the moment. I'm really... Um, You've killed me, Frankie. <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry. sorry. Um, I, I'm really trying to increase my basketball knowledge. Uh, to be honest, I'm finding it easier to get into than baseball. Um, because I hit the two Scotty Barnes cards, um, I, I am keeping an eye on the, the results. NFL, I find really easy. Red zone in the UK and oh, yeah. NFL um, highlights. Simple. You, you can get into NFL easy. And that's why it's the bigger, biggest of the American sports over here. Basketball. I'm finding easy to get involved in. There's a lot more highlights available. The, I'm liking that Mathurin. He's quite a, a good. Oh player.
0: yeah, he's a stud. Yeah, he's Benedict looking,
1: Mathurin. Yeah, he's yeah, uh, he's really good. He's filthy right now. So I'm enjoying watching him and looking out for for his results. So that's uh, quite interesting there. But yeah, Bol Bol. Obviously, when he first came in, there was quite a, a bit of hype around him in the UK just because of his yeah. size and everything else. It was just a uh, one of those freak of nature type sort of. You know, this guy is is you know, just, uh, I don't know, just stood out to people. So he was quite on people's radar in the UK, um, because of our lack of knowledge. Um, yeah. uh, but yeah, Chet is not someone that I've, um, looked or, or seen even come up on stats or results or scores or so, anything. Well, no, he's hurt. That's why he's hurt. That's why.
0: Cause cause there's, there's probably quite a few other people in the audience that are in Frank that's in Frankie's, uh, uh, boat here so they're both sons of nba former nba players so chet holmgren is also the son of an nba a former nba player and he, he was the number two overall pick in the nba draft last year so much more highly touted than bol bol but then unfortunately um has has a uh, plantar fasciitis uh injury in his foot that he suffered against LeBron James in just like a pickup game over the off season. So Chet's a beast. He's going to be really good. I really, I think it's actually an amazing time to buy Chet. The only thing with him is like really that card that I brought up is kind of really the only one that I would recommend buying. Oh, the only like either that or it's, or it's numbered, uh, numbered parallels and refractors would be the only ones that I would recommend buying because I think that they will have some resale value due to the Bowman the Bowman Chrome, uh, brand and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, that's kind of fun to talk about. I'm a big NBA guy, but I need to ask you before we wrap up the show today, Frankie F1, how, how, how far are you into F1 and F1 cards? Is that on your radar?
1: it's not really i, I did what? have a, a, a card one of one of uh, an nba player who had uh, a legendary father in the game um unfortunately it didn't sell for very much at the london card show and that was tim hardaway jr oh, okay. Okay. treasures one of one um but there wasn't much love for for mr jr around he uh, <laughs> apparently was the main guy and and a real top legend but apparently he that him might
0: wasn't. be that, see that would be like okay if 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 I, if, if we would have talked about that and then I could have taken it to the Dallas card show for you, that could be like maybe a regional sale in Dallas okay. for a guy like yeah. Tim Pondale Jr. Something a, like that. He's a maybe. cult
2: hero out there, man. Defensive wizard. Yeah. Uh, that and yeah. that's really why I, he's just a D and three and D type player. So yeah. Yeah.
0: It, unfortunately I, for him, he went to, to university of Michigan, which is my arch rival <laughs> Yeah, State Spartan. So.
1: Well, that, that like I said to you, peaked massive interest in the UK as well, because we had the All or Nothing series. And like I said to you, I purchased about every Chase Winovich card going because of his character and personality. And now you, he seems to have vanished off of the face of the earth. He had a YouTube channel I used to watch, and I used to find the videos quite entertaining. And I was really sort of, I just liked his personality. I thought he was a real character. Um, I bought one of ones of him, and I had all sorts. But um, yeah, unfortunately, all of them have little to absolutely no value now but there you go um f1 is not really my sport Uh, what i did see at the london card show it was massively in demand um you know it was one of the it was massive had massive popularity people were really searching i can't even tell you how many times i got asked if we had any f1 on our table i am just not a big f1 fan it's just some people over here are, are crazy about it and absolutely love it um there's some people in our discord group who absolutely love it and watch it religiously and think it's amazing. Um, but yeah, for me, it just we 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 actually ended up having to create their own channel in our Discord because <laughs> on a Sunday they drive everyone mad. We were all football fans, and we was just like, you lot, just go over there, just just have go your own and <laughs> go and talk about F1 while we're all still talking about Sunday football and so on. So um, yeah, it, it's one of them things you either really really love it over here and you're quite fanatical about it, or it's you have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's interesting. I, yeah. I'm in the the no interest category.
0: I became interested in it because of the cards. You know, I just like, I was not an F1 fan until, you know, uh, probably eight or nine months ago when I just realized that, you know what, this is actually a format that I can understand. Um, I can get like the thing that I... Recommend sports card investors look at in relation to F1 is the format is actually pretty easy to follow. And you actually of of all the card um, market pricing movements that you have to follow, and all the different like we talked about the Cade Cunningham injury on today's episode. We talked about other little things that you just you have to know these intricacies of the timing of when to buy and when to sell. F1 to me is just way more. There's way more of a runway in between larger events. There's not as many drivers. There's not as many teams. There's not as many changes. Um, things are fairly predictable in terms of what the outcomes would likely be and when the movements can happen. Whereas like the NFL, things are super unpredictable. So I think from an F1 standpoint, I'm just very intrigued in the, in the card market. I'm not a, I'm not like a huge fan of the sport. And then of course, drive to survive is awesome. Yeah, that's course. what got me into it. So yeah, Frankie Saka
2: with edit a brace.
1: That bit, yeah. Saka with the brace. Is, is that is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Saka's got his seconds. So, um, nice. Yeah. Love but...
0: the live updates here of the World Cup. England's uh <laughs> England's kickoff first game of the of the twenty. Saka heard you Olympics.
1: talking bad about
2: him, and he's like, you know what, Frankie? I'm putting two in for the lines.
1: <laughs> All I right, might, guys. Um, I might actually send you Kendall. I've got um here. I've got a draw that's dedicated to um baseball and i mean it is packed to the rafters with baseball cards yeah there's nothing i can do with them in the uk i might just box up an entire box for you and ship it out to you and you can just have fun with it and um yeah all right (laughs) i mean sure I mean, there's no better person to do that for than yeah there's really nobody better (laughs) it's even like i mean i went crazy with with baseball i just really wanted to learn so i've even got things like panini three and two um jumbo patches but whoever this guy is i've got no idea but that's seven of eight cold Um, welker not very good but we've got this guy yeah okay sam bachman looks like he's a pitcher unfortunately big glove massive card there massive glove patch of, of this guy. Nice. Logan Gilbert. Um, I mean, it's got everything in there. There's a, a, That's a Soto, nice. which I mean, Soto. remember you mentioned, numbered yeah. card there. So we've got that. There's like prospects from... There, there's, there's all sorts in there, mate. There's just... But honestly, in the UK, it's just... There's no desirability. So um, you're welcome to, I'd be interested to send you the stuff out and then just see how it all goes and then just throw some numbers back at me one time. It'd be interesting to see what you managed to do with it. Yeah, man, uh, I'd, be, I'd be honored.
0: That's Thanks. awesome. Thank you so much, Frankie. Everybody, uh, thank you so much for watching and listening to Sports Card Strategy Show, episode 56. Frankie Goodman from Digital Grading Co. UK. Kendall, the Lefty McKee from Wild Cards, Box Breaks, just baseball.com and NoOffSeason.com. Everybody, go premium free for a year at NoOffSeason.com. Email me at Paul at NoOffSeason.com to find out how. And if you already are a member, just email me anyway and I'll hook you up with something cool. And uh, guys, we'll let Frankie go first. Frankie, do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off for today? I think Frankie might be good. <laughs> yeah. I think he's looking good. Kendall, again, uh, love to give you this opportunity to talk about whatever you want real quick before we sign yeah, off. Yeah,
2: vamos, vamos, Estados Unidos. Uh, super excited for the yes. uh, the World Cup today. Massive game for us against Wales. Um, I hope we take down Gareth Bale. And Iran just scored against England, so that's probably going to be helpful for our goal differential going forward. So other than that, man, Cue the rock music, Paul.
0: Yes, sir.